Hello, you're listening to the Bible Podcast, where we read through the Bible in a year, just a few chapters each day. Today is March 30th, and we're reading through the book of 1 Samuel. Today we'll cover chapters 11, 12, and 13. I do want to thank Dr. Jonathan Gallagher over at the Free Bible Ministry for providing the Bible Podcast with the Free Bible Version to help myself and my listeners receive the Word of God freely just as it was in the beginning. Let's go ahead and get started. Chapter 11 Nahash the Ammonite came with his army and besieged Jabesh Gilead. All the people of Jabesh said to him, Make a peace treaty with us and we will be your subjects. But Nahash the Ammonite responded, I'll make a peace treaty with you on one condition, that I gouge out everyone's right eye to bring shame on all Israelites. Let us have seven days so we can send messengers all over Israel, replied the town elders of Jabesh. If no one comes to help us, we will surrender to you. When the messengers arrived in Gebeah of Saul and gave the message as the people listened, they all wept out loud. Now, as a side note, in the ending of chapter 10 at verse 27, in the traditional Hebrew text, the chapter does finish there. However, in one scroll found at Qumran, There is the following additional information which relates to the following chapter and is included here for interest. Nahash, king of the Ammonites, had been severely oppressing the people of Gad and Reuben. He would gouge out their right eyes and would not let anyone help them. There wasn't anyone left of the Israelites across the Jordan whose right eye Nahash, king of the Ammonites, hadn't gouged out. However, there were 7,000 men who had escaped from the Ammonites and had gone to live in Jabesh-Gilead. So the people there at Jabesh-Gilead recognized that Nahash had history of gouging people's eyes out to bring shame on Israelites. Okay, so Saul has sent his message of the cut-up oxen. Saul says, This is what will happen to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. The Lord made the people anxious to do so, and they came out as one. When Saul counted them at Bezek, there were 300,000 men from Israel and 30,000 men from Judah. They said to the messengers who came, Tell the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow you'll be rescued by the time the sun is hot. The people of Jabesh were so happy when the messengers arrived and told them this. They told the Ammonites, We will surrender to you tomorrow, and then you can do to us whatever you want. The next day, Saul organized the army into three divisions. They attacked the Ammonite camp before dawn and went on killing them until the day grew hot. The survivors were so scattered that not even two of them were left together. Then the people asked Samuel, Who was saying, Why should we have Saul as our king? Hand these men over so we can execute them. But Saul replied, No one's going to be executed today, for this is the day that the Lord saved Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come with me, let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. Everyone went to Gilgal and confirmed Saul as king before the Lord. They sacrificed friendship offerings to the Lord, and Saul, together with all the Israelites, had a great celebration. Chapter 12 Then Samuel said to all of Israel, I have paid attention to everything you asked from me, and I have given you a king to rule over you. Now your king is your leader. I am old and gray, and my sons are here with you. I have led you from the time I was a boy up to today. I stand here before you 
Bring any charges you have against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed one. Have I taken anyone's ox or donkey? Have I wronged anyone? Have I oppressed anyone? Have I accepted a bribe from anyone to turn a blind eye? Tell me and I will repay you. No, you have never cheated us or oppressed us, they replied, and you have never taken anything from anyone. Samuel told them, The Lord is a witness, and his anointed is a witness today, in this case involving you, that you have not found me guilty of anything. He is a witness, they replied. The Lord is a witness. He who appointed Moses and Aaron, Samuel went on, he led your forefathers out of the land of Egypt, So stand here as I present to you in the presence of the Lord the evidence of all the good things the Lord has done for you and your forefathers. After Jacob had gone to Egypt, your fathers cried out to the Lord for help, and he sent Moses and Aaron to lead your forefathers out of Egypt and settle them here. But they forgot about the Lord their God, so he abandoned them to Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, to the Philistines and to the king of Moab, who attacked them. They cried out to the Lord for help, and he said, We have sinned, for we have rejected the Lord and worshipped the Baals and Ashtoreths. Please save us from the hands of our enemies, and we will worship you. Then the Lord sent Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel, and he saved you from your enemies who surrounded you so you could live in safety. But when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, was coming to attack you, you told me, No, we want our own king even though the Lord your God was your king. So here's the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. Look, the Lord now gives him to you as your king. If you honor the Lord, worship him, do what he tells you, and don't rebel against the Lord's instructions. And if both you and your king follow the Lord your God, then good. However, if you refuse to do what he tells you and rebel against the Lord's instructions, then the Lord will be against you as he was against your forefathers. Now stand still and watch what the Lord is going to do right before your very eyes. Isn't it the time of wheat harvest? Well, I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain. Then you will realize how very evil you were in the Lord's sight when you demanded your own king. Then Samuel prayed to the Lord, and that very day the Lord sent thunder and rain. Everyone was in absolute awe of the Lord and of Samuel. Please pray to the Lord your God for us, your servants, so we will not die, they begged Samuel, for we have added to all our sins the evil of asking for our own king. Don't be afraid, Samuel replied, even though you have indeed done all these evil things, don't give up following the Lord, but dedicate yourselves completely to worshiping him. Don't worship worthless idols that can't help you or save you, for they are nothing. The fact is, because of the kind of person the Lord is, he won't give up on his people, because he was happy to claim you as his own. As for me, how could I sin against the Lord by no longer praying for you? I will also continue to teach you the way of goodness and right. Make sure you honor God and worship him faithfully with complete dedication. Think of all the tremendous things he has done for you. But if you continue to do what is evil, you and your king will be wiped out. Chapter 13. Saul was 30 when he became king, and he reigned over Israel for 42 years. 
Saul had chosen 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 of them were with Saul in Michmash and the hill country of Bethel, and another thousand were with Jonathan in Gebeah of Benjamin. He sent the rest of the army home. Jonathan attacked the Philistine garrison at Geba. The Philistines soon heard about it, so Saul had the trumpet call to arms sounded throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, pay attention. All of Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine garrison, and now Israel is like a bad smell to the Philistines. So the whole army was called up to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines gathered to fight against Israel. They had 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and soldiers as numerous as sand on the seashore. They advanced and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelite men realized the tough situation they were in and that the army was taking a beating, they hid themselves in caves, holes, rocks, pits, and cisterns. Some of the Hebrews even crossed the Jordan into the territory of Gad and Gilead, but Saul stayed at Gilgal, and all the men with him were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for the time that Samuel had said, but Samuel did not arrive at Gilgal, and the army started to desert him. So Saul ordered, Bring the burnt offering and the friendship offerings to me, and he presented the burnt offering. Just as he finished presenting the burnt offering, he saw Samuel arrive. Saul went over to meet him and say hello. What have you done? Samuel asked. Saul replied, Well, I saw my men were deserting me, and you hadn't arrived when you said you would, and the Philistines were gathering at Michmash to attack. I said to myself, The Philistines are about to attack me at Gilgal, and I haven't asked the Lord for his help, so I felt I had to present the burnt offering myself. You've been really stupid, Samuel told him. You haven't kept the commands of your Lord your God. If you had, the Lord would have made your kingdom over Israel secure forever. But now your kingdom won't last. The Lord has found for himself a man who thinks like him and has chosen him as ruler over his people. Because you haven't kept the commands of the Lord. Then Samuel left Gilgal. The rest of the soldiers followed Saul to meet the army going from Gilgal to Geba in Benjamin. Saul counted the number of soldiers who were with him, and there were about 600. Saul, his son Jonathan, and the soldiers with them were staying in Geba of Benjamin, while the Philistines were camped at Michmash. Three groups of raiders left the Philistine camp to go and attack. One group went towards Ophrah in the land of Shaul, one towards Beth Haran, and one towards the border that looks down on the valley of Zeboim by the wilderness. There wasn't a blacksmith to be found anywhere in Israel because the Philistines had said, so that the Hebrews don't make swords and spears, all the Israelites had to go to the Philistines to sharpen their iron plowshares, pickaxes, and sickles. The fee was two-thirds of a shekel for plowshares and pickaxes and a third of a shekel for sharpening axes and cattle prods. So when it came to the day of battle, none of the soldiers with Saul and Jonathan had swords or spears. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had such weapons. A Philistine garrison had taken control of the pass at Michmash. So mistakes have been made, and these soldiers are in... From a natural standpoint, it's clear they're going to need supernatural assistance. Here's an interesting fact. The lead pencil with attached eraser 
was patented on this day in 1858. It is the most widely used writing and drawing instrument in the world. Some pencils write underwater and others are used by physicians to mark their patient's skin before surgery. Astronauts take pencils into space because they are unaffected by gravity, pressure, or conditions in the atmosphere. More than 10 billion pencils are produced each year throughout the world. The United States alone manufactures almost 2 billion pencils yearly, more than any other country. One of the best things to ever happen to the pencil was when the simple eraser was added to its top. Mistakes are part of the human experience making erasers necessary. Thankfully, God has a big eraser for our sins if we honestly face them rather than trying to excuse our behavior. Saul's problem was that he always tried to justify his sin rather than deal honestly with them. That stubborn trait eventually cost him the kingdom and his life. If he only would have turned to God and stopped trying to excuse his behavior, Saul would have been saved and the history of Israel would have been quite different. Tragically, Saul could not admit his mistakes, much less his sins. That fatal fault would forever eliminate him from God's hall of heroes. Looking deeper, when we trust in ourselves rather than God, we fade in fear when overwhelmed. Saul's men looked to their own resources, and when the Philistines amassed, some ran away. God makes his instructions very clear so we know what to do. Samuel clearly told Saul that he would come to make the sacrifice demanded before battle. Saul was to wait. When we look to circumstances rather than to God, we often panic. When Saul saw his army melting away, he stepped in to make the sacrifice, an act clearly forbidden. Real repentance is refusing to give excuses but facing what we have done wrong. Saul tried to excuse his behavior by blaming the circumstances. It wouldn't wash with God. God wants his leaders to seek his heart, not their own advantage. Saul lost the throne because he was more interested in his agenda than what God wanted. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to look to you and carefully obey all of your clear instructions for my life. Help me to be wise enough to admit my mistakes and ask forgiveness for my sins. My friends, I thank you for tuning in. Looking forward to being with you in Samuel chapter 14.